We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast uh, live Q&A every single week. Well, almost every single week. Um, happy to be here with my guys on New Year's Eve. Hope everyone has uh, a wonderful time celebrating tonight with your families. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, New Year's Day is good for you guys as well. So um, joining me today are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you. How are you doing, man? uh good happy new year everybody nice very good um you know we were uh in case you missed it you know we did do a a compilation of uh our our favorite moments of 2021 uh and have to give alex some major props because he's been uh grinding lost a lot of weight looking great so have to give alex a lot of props for uh, all the hard work and uh tyler also been grinding um just in a different way with all of his uh stem research stuff and the internship and everything like that so tyler how you doing man i'm doing well uh, i got fatter i think but otherwise i'm doing pretty well uh steven how are you I, did, I definitely got fatter this year definitely put on like 10 pounds this year you know i had a, a job search which was extremely stressful for me and uh you know unfortunately I'm, I'm a stress eater which i inherited from my uh from my dad so uh, gain a lot of weight, but you know it's all good. I'm doing great today. Uh, as I said yesterday, driving down to the Rose Bowl uh, tomorrow, driving down mm-hmm. and back the same day. So, uh, hoping hoping for a, a good Saturday tomorrow for sure. How do you guys feel about that game? Uh, I'm I have a lot of uh, nervous energy. I mean, Ohio State is obviously a juggernaut offensive team, and uh, the Utes have. A very, very good front seven, obviously led by Devin Lloyd and Mika Tafua, who I think uh, Tafua's a, not a household name, but he did lead the conference in pressures and sacks this year. So he's he's a very solid player. But they have a lot of injuries in the secondary. And Ohio State's not going to have Olave or Garrett Wilson, but they're still going to have, you know, insert five-star recruit <laughs> here. And so I'm nervous about it. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, but I think it, it's going to be a lot higher scoring than we are used to as uh, as utah fans over the last month or so 
Rutgers only down seven in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl <laughs> as we speak. What quarter is it? Like the first quarter? It's the second quarter. It started at like 11 a.m. I haven't, I didn't watch it. I've only been watching like office reruns. <laughs> I don't want to watch Rutgers. <laughs> office reruns? Come on. Oh boy. Steven's passionate about this in and out. Oh God. Oh yeah. I forgot Steven's bad office take. Bad office take? You mean correct office take? Um, Anyway, so like I said, we did uh, drop a compilation of our favorite moments from 2021. Uh, so I wanted to get your guys' uh, favorite memories of the podcast, favorite memories of you know the Chargers, if you will, whatever you want to talk about, uh, kind of wrapping up and putting a bow on the year 2021. Tyler, we'll start with you. What has been your favorite podcast moment of the year? Oh, man. I mean, I could go a number of ways. The draft was really exciting, not just because they drafted Rashawn Slater in that first round and, or Asante Samuel Jr., but because all the work we did up until that point. Uh, to me, the one that will stand out the most to me is that first one we did, which is just going to be a, a random interview with a guy who covers you know, the Chargers and Rams. That's Ryan Dyroot of LAFB. Mm. And we decided to have him on. And it turns out that same day and maybe half an hour before we started recording, the Chargers hired Brandon Staley. And at yeah. that point, we, I mean, it was amazing, you know, for us to be talking about that, but also talking about it with him because he was Brandon Staley's number one fan, basically, since before anybody else than I can remember. So not only was it great for us to be talking about something so exciting, but that was the first time we said, hey, I think we could do YouTube, you know, and granted, most videos have not reached that peak because that's that's something just crazy, you know, flashing a pan or yeah. whatever. But it was it really kind of started off us off on this journey. And if you look at our compilation, uh, you, know, you look at some older time points where we're on <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. You know, some of us don't have you know horizontal cameras, or we're on our phones. Go fuck yourself. Places. <laughs> hey, <laughs> some of us are Alex, uh, <laughs> but we, we've come a long way. Um, but yes, the compilation video it might not make anybody else laugh, but it made me laugh a lot just going through the memories and how we felt in those moments. It's really cool to go and look back at how, how much fun we've had, honestly. Yeah, it uh, it definitely made me laugh watching that video and, you know, just how far we've come in general, you know, on this podcast. You know, I, I can still remember interviewing Yogi Roth and, like, my voice is shaking while I'm asking him questions. And now, you know, interviewing has just kind of become second. For me, I do at least one every single week. So um, just how far we've come in general has been awesome and, you know, you can look at our early videos from this year and obviously, you know, my background has changed quite a lot. Uh, I've invested a lot of uh, money into making this kind of podcast and this specific part of the podcast look a lot nicer. And so um, that's always fun. You know, I, I have a, a camera now. I have a laptop stand. I just got a ring light to make me look a little bit better, I hope. Um, so it's been fun. And I think you know, interviewing Austin Eckler for me is probably the the moment of the year that I, I like the most. You know, Eckler is one of my favorite players on the team, although I did kind of uh, roast him a little bit last night because of his quote. But, uh, you know, it's always fun to, you know, interview players and, you know, interviewing Sean Smith is definitely up there as well. As for the funny moments, I think the Lance Armstrong half sack moment is probably my personal favorite funny moment of the year. And uh, that definitely made me laugh the most, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of moments in that compilation, some that I even forgot about. I was just, I was going through the YouTube channel, just collecting clips to send to Tyler, and I completely forgot about the Lincoln Financial Field. Um, (laughs) I forgot that that was even this year, uh, just because of how long it's been and how many places I've moved and how much half of me is still remaining. Um, So it's, it's been a long time. Uh, but yeah, no, that compilation was just great. And I mean, it's my favorite moments on the show. Like, I mean, interviewing Austin Eckler and, and doing all that kind of stuff was very cool. Um, Steven Anderson, Donald Parham, you know, I just got to name all the other chargers that <laughs> came on the show. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah. And talking to media people, like I bullied Peter Schrager on Twitter and then he <laughs> came on our show for an interview. Like, yeah. how did that happen? But, um, no, I mean, there's, platform has definitely opened up doors for us but my favorite part of it still is not interviewing famous people or doing any of that it's just talking it's to the you money bozos. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, that's well right. it's the <laughs> money but it's also talking to you bozos every day because if i didn't talk to you bozos every day it would just be you know the, the pandemic would have made me gone crazy to be honest uh 100%. you know uh, yeah i mean when i joined in july 2020 like everything was still uh very locked down and everything and you know you try to kind of figure out everything and how it would work out um but no i mean things worked out for the best and uh, we all have things going on in our lives but it's just fun whether it's two times a week three times a week just to just to get on here and uh, spit the shit so th- those are my favorite parts of, of going through the compilation my personal favorite is 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 jared cuck i mean that's the one that makes me laugh the hardest uh because you guys actually thought i said cock and i thought i said cuck but you know it worked out to be a great moment anyway it 100% was and you know a lot of the funny moments that we have are, are courtesy of you two and so um can't thank you guys enough for all this and like Alex said you know just great hopping on here uh I've gotten to meet Tyler a, a couple of times in person after doing the podcast for a year and a half ago um so 2022 bucket list is definitely meeting Alex in person you know we'll see uh if we can make that happen maybe go to a game together or something like that so um before we kind of wrap this up i wanted to uh mention that we are here for a q a so if you guys do have questions today uh as nick is kind of asking one right now make sure and hit us up in the comments in the chat um if you want to make sure that your answer is uh if your answer you want to make sure your question is answered use the super chat feature uh we do really appreciate that so um like i was saying uh just to kind of put a bow on this you know there was uh, a mild amount of uncertainty last summer, you know, summer 2020. Uh, Jason had left me hanging, you know, because uh, he was joining the army, and and Tyler was uh, getting extremely busy with his um, internship and and his medical research and things like that. So, um, have to give a big shout out to Alex for hopping <laughs> on the podcast and and stabilizing yep. the podcast and kind of taking us, uh, you know, through a, a little bit of uncertainty there. And then, of course, Tyler was able to. Uh, get some more time on his hands. So, uh, Alex, thank you. You know, can't thank you yeah, for uh, no. during that time. I remember that conversation too, because we were just talking and we were talking about like some bolt beat shit or some shit we were writing. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, something about statistics, PFF, whatever. And then you were just, I was in the car and you were just like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and replace <laughs> Jason? I was like, what? <laughs> And then, I mean, yeah, I mean, I started doing it from a closet and then you guys bullied me into <laughs> getting a microphone eventually. You're going to have to bully me into getting the next microphone, though, too, because I'm a Jew. So, I mean, it's going to take a while. Uh, you're also going to have to bully me into meeting you. But that will happen eventually at some point. I guarantee you that. Uh, so uh, it's definitely been a bit of a journey. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's 
gone past my wildest dreams at this point from what I uh, from what I expected. No, I mean, I really appreciate you jumping on because, you know, I, I left because they were like, well, if you get a B, we're kicking you out. If you do this, we're kicking you out. So it's like, well, I guess yeah. I better, you know, focus on those things. And at some point I realized that I kind of figured out how to you know, navigate the coursework and, and do all that. So I managed, you know, you know, coming back was great. But yeah, Alex hanging in there. And of course, you know, Stephen hanging in there this whole time is great because I was there. You know, I think we started in February. So I was there for, you know, four months or whatever it was. And then Steven just took it over and he, you know, I think people don't realize that he models a lot of what we do or how he breaks things down off of real, like people who are actually very successful in this business, people who are very smart, you know, so him taking the podcast to be not just, you know, a you know, more fun podcast or more organized podcast, but maybe a maybe more legitimate podcast is a big deal. So both of you guys, thank you very much. We definitely wouldn't be here without either of you guys. Obviously. Steven, Steven models himself after like actual like professional sports people <laughs> and news anchors. And I model myself after like the Stu Gatzes of the world and people on like, you know, the Dan Levitard show and just people who make <laughs> jokes all the time. So, I mean, that's what I like. Uh, but this also gives me the platform to do that and also talk about how much I love Justin Jones. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's what this platform gives me to do. You know, the, the, the best Justin on the team, uh, apparently. Best Justin on the team. <laughs> No, but it's been, yeah, I know. Um, But it's been a great ride. And, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see where next year takes us. You know, we're, we've been, we covered a bad team, you know, in 2019 uh, through Bolt Beat. And then we covered a bad team in 2020 uh, (laughs) here. You know, the the team has been good this year in the playoff hunt. And so hopefully next year they're uh, in the contender hunt and, uh, you know, going to be awesome to see uh, next year. So, um, all right, we'll open up to these questions now. Uh, just right in time, you know, hot sauce with the, the uh, first super chat of the day. Um, he's going to SoFi for the first time on Sunday. Oh, there we go. Both of us hit at the same time. It's, um, he doesn't know any tips to eat, to arrive, parking, etc. So, um, first of all, I hope you have a great time. I hope the game is mm-hmm. uh, a good one. You know, SoFi is incredible. So, um, my tips are obviously to get there early. Um, I would definitely hit up Thunder Alley with the tailgating scene. Um, you know, it, it's just so much fun to be there and meet Chargers fans and, and you know, interact with people that uh, you probably don't interact with in person very often. So I would definitely go early. Um, definitely uh, get in the team store. Thunder Alley is in the pink lot. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so get there as soon as possible, right? Spend a lot of time in the tailgating area. Spend a lot of time walking around the stadium. SoFi really is just an incredible marvel to take in and, and walk around the team store. So uh, my advice is just to get there early and really kind of embrace uh, your first time there. Yeah, absolutely. I would get there three hours early. Thunder Alley, I believe, starts cleaning up at 11 and the game's at either 105 or 125. So, you yeah. know, if you want to really get there and be a part of that party, get there at 10. Yeah, um, if you don't have a parking pass, get one. They're also really expensive. Uh, so, you know, I, I, Purple is great. I've been to Purple. Just turn off of, go down Century, turn on Doty. It's no problem to get in. It's easy to get out of that lot. I like it a lot. So maybe go with that one. Um, I honestly would eat either before you get there or at Thunder Alley. I wouldn't go into so <laughs> like, Oh, you know, what do we have here? You know, and it's like a $400 hot dog that they fried. Um, it's not that bad, but it's almost that bad. So, yeah. you know, they they have the chicken tenders and tater tots. That's not bad. You can find some desserts that aren't that bad. Um, but I would eat ahead of time. But, I mean, enjoy your experience. And if you can, if you have some time, 
you know, maybe waits till the sun starts going down and takes the pictures either so far, either at night or, you know, at sunset or something, because it's really, really special at night. So I don't know if you can hang in there that long, but just being around that area at night, excuse me, being around SoFi at night, not necessarily Inglewood at night. Not the area. Uh, the place not to the be. Area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say when I, when I do eventually go to SoFi Stadium, that will be an intermittent fasting kind of day. Uh, I'm not eating that cheeseburger sub. Anything <laughs> <laughs> that's there. No, definitely not. Uh, the chicken tenders and tots is like Tyler said. That's that's fine, but I would definitely eat before at Thunder Alley. Um, you know, take some cash, give some tips to the people that are are actually doing the cooking, unless you're tailgating there. Um, but it, it's just it, it's such an incredible venue to take in a sporting event. And um, the first time that we went, we uh, we met up with Tyler and his family, and we kind of just sat there for a little bit. And they play all the other games that are happening on the Oculus, you know, sort of like a, a, like a red zone experience. And so just like you could sit there in SoFi Stadium watching other games that are happening. So uh, just get there early as possible. I've heard that the uh, lots around the forum are a little bit more affordable. Um, you would just have to walk a little bit more. So that uh, could be an opportunity um, there. Apparently, there are some public lots around uh, the area, public city of Inglewood lots. I haven't checked any of those out, but um, there are definitely some uh, cheaper alternatives to paying the probably $150 a pass right now, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but if you do, uh, I think it just makes it a little bit more convenient. Obviously, you don't have to walk around that much. Also, if you get the chance, say hi to Arjun. He'll be there for the first time. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. I hope, uh, I hope Arjun's Michigan team does well today as uh, they play Georgia, right? Yeah. So I hope Michigan does well. All I right. hope they lose. <laughs> uh, Nuger Savage uh, say ask. Let's say we pass the Dolphins and the Ravens to get the seventh seed. Of the first four seeds, what matchup are you most confident in us winning? Which one do you think we have the least chance of winning? So obviously, uh, it looks like the Chiefs are trending towards having the one seed. Uh, I think if they uh win this week and the titans lose this week then they'll be able to rest starters wrap up the wrap up uh having the one seed this weekend so uh we'll have to see how that one goes but um looks like the titans are going to be the two seed and then the bills and um who's the other team oh the bills Bengals, i think are, are the third or the four seed looks like the afc north team is going to be the fourth seed um have to be there but um, what do you guys think of the first four seeds? Who do you feel comfortable playing? Who do you feel uh, less confident in playing? You'd have to tell me if Derrick Henry's coming back for the Titans. If he's not yeah. by, say, the first round or whatever, I'd feel better about it. Pretending he is, I don't want to play them because that sounds fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> that's a 300-yard performance for sure. I kind of want them to play the Bengals. I just think no. if you control both the line, both sides of the ball on the line of scrimmage, right? Better offensive line, better defensive front seven, assuming everybody's healthy. I think you can win. And the Chargers also, just for whatever reason, are also 2-0 and against Burrow. They've clearly been able to get to him in both games. Um, they can take the ball away. Do I want to chance it again? Jamar Chase, you know, dropping a wide-open touchdown and handing it to Michael Davis? Is that going to happen again? No. Is Devon Campbell going to get the easiest scoop and score of his life? No. But I still think if I'm betting on this team to win any game, it's the one where they can control and win in the trenches. And also, by the way, they have the better quarterback. So I would rather them play the Bengals 
in that game. The Chiefs maybe second only because I still don't believe in that defense. The Chargers had that game. And I, I just I love that they lost sort of lost that the, the second game to the Chiefs. So they're heading into this one if they play with like, hey, a revenge factor. Uh, let's get them. Let's win the rubber match sort of thing. So Bengals and then Chiefs, which is playing with fire because the defense sucks. But I do think that the Chargers <laughs> can pull this off. Yeah, I, I think it's the Bengals by far um, out of those first four teams, especially if you're telling me Derrick Henry's going to come back. Um, Bills have sort of been up and down, but still, I mean, I trust them to figure it out. I like their defense, and Josh Allen, I, I trust them to play a pretty good game, especially against this Chargers secondary as it's currently constructed. Uh, right. So, yeah, to me, it's the Bengals. I, I think that's the best matchup where I think both teams keep up with each other, and you sort of have this duel between – Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think any team is going to get out to a 24-0 lead in a Chargers-Bengals matchup, uh, but that seems to be the one where I think it would be the most competitive. I think the Chargers could beat the Bills and could beat the Titans too. It's just that the Bengals are... I, I don't trust them to the same extent that I trust those teams right now. So, yeah, I, I think out of those current top four seeds, it's pretty easily the Bengals. Uh, you know, if you listen to other national shows, the Bengals are unstoppable on offense and uh, are the best team in the AFC. So, yeah, everyone um, picking them to beat the Chiefs, like everyone picking them to beat the Chiefs <laughs> this week, is wild to me. Yeah, you know the uh, the Bengals are a good team, and they're definitely better than I thought they would be this year. But they're like, aren't they still like fifteenth in offensive DVA? Like they're not that efficient. They just they have a lot of big plays, which of course is going to happen when you have. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase and T Higgins and all that stuff. So I don't buy the Bengals very much. I, um, if you were playing the bills at home, I wouldn't be all that nervous, but playing a playoff game in Buffalo just like does not sound like something that this team and and really many teams can pull off because it's probably going to be like 10 degrees and snowing in that game. Um, I'm less nervous about the Titans than you guys are because I think Derrick Henry will probably be back for a playoff game, but I don't think he would be close to 100%. And um, really, it's just kind of the lack of other things. Like, A.J. Brown is great, but that's like the whole offense is A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. So um, I'm less nervous about them. I would probably put them in, in the same range as the Bills. And then if they do play the Chiefs, man, like, sign me up. I think that's the game that I want most. Uh, again, I think the the Chiefs are training towards the one seed. Um, but if they do manage to lose to the Bengals tomorrow or on Sunday, excuse me, uh, and the Titans can get the one seed, then, you know, honestly, I'd be stoked for that game. I, I want revenge against the Chiefs so bad. And I don't know if the Chargers will be able to get it this year. Um, but another matchup with the Chiefs would be awesome. That That's the one I want the most. I think they could beat the Bengals, and that's the one I think they'll the most confident about especially because they've gone 2-0 and but yeah i want that chiefs matchup really bad and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but i think that i just that's the one i freaking want i would get the most fired up about that one going to arrowhead again and winning again would be sweet no yeah i absolutely agree with that one All right, so uh, again, make sure and hit us up with some questions. Supercharger2197 wants to know our favorite piece of Chargers memorabilia. Um, I have a Ladanian Thompson signed mini helmet. I have a Melvin Ingram signed large helmet. So I would probably choose one of those two uh, pieces for me. Uh, Mine is going to be this football. 
uh, signed by most of the team from last season. I was kind of commenting on there's a linebacker named Trey Johnson, Trayvon Johnson from last year, who was this kind of a special teamer, played a little mm-hmm. bit of defense for them last year. And uh, he was giving away a football for his YouTube channel. And he's like, I, and I won. And he said, okay, you know, what's your address? I'll mail it to you. And then he said, okay, I mailed it out. And then I'm at work and I get a message uh, from him uh, at my door uh, with the football. And I wasn't there to get this. So it would have been really cool to receive <laughs> him in person, but it's still, it's really cool to have this football with all the numbers before they've changed. Do we have, um joey post no no i forget i'll, I'll basically it's, it's a whole different team now unfortunately but yeah it's still really cool and a cool moment yeah um i don't have any like signed stuff from the chargers uh so that you know my stuff is less cool i mean but it's always my philip rivers navy blue jersey i mean that's 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 the best one uh for me personally um i haven't gotten many of the new jerseys though uh, i know there's like the justin herbert one and i haven't gotten a jersey since they changed the format back in what was that 2020 when they did that um so i still need to get that hopefully i win this uh hopefully i win the pick contest in the next two weeks so then i can get a jersey uh <laughs> but uh yeah no i that's definitely just my favorite just because i mean phil rivers is my favorite always will be uh and yeah no i mean I, I also kind of think the old Navy look looks better than the new Navy, but that's just me because I think the new Navy is a little bit minimalist. I'm a little bit team popper there, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely my Rivers jersey. I will say, I think the old jerseys look better from a fan perspective. Um, I think from an on-field mm. perspective, I really like the the way that they look on the players. But I think from a fan perspective, I like the old ones better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that the white jerseys are the best ones to get for fans. I think those look the best uh, of the of the four that I've seen. Yeah, no, the white ones look great. Everyone looks. I mean, it, white can be tough if you're a little bit on the heavier side, and it's not very flattering sometimes. But the jerseys themselves look pretty good. I do. I will say though, I do like the like rivers and LT and their powder blues or their navies. Those are still my favorite jersey sets. Yeah, no, definitely for sure um kevin asking about covid um i don't know if mike williams or jalen guyton had many symptoms um jalen guyton came back pretty quickly because he went on the COVID list on friday if i remember correctly and then he was back on tuesday so um i don't know the answer to that question not sure either Really, the only one that we've heard, uh, like Limbaugh Joseph had symptoms. Austin Eckler had some some serious symptoms, apparently, you know, relative to what it is. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but Allen Robinson had COVID and lost like 11 pounds or something like that. Uh, Tyler Lockett was like vomiting and lost, you know, nine or 10 pounds. So I don't think we've heard of any like serious COVID symptoms. Um you know, Limbaugh Joseph was on the COVID list for like three weeks, I think. And then the team was worried about like his conditioning and breathing and stuff like that. So maybe his was a little bit more serious than we know. But um, we haven't heard a ton of, uh, you know, COVID symptoms from the team yet. Yeah, no, I don't think so. The only, no, that's it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, Todd Miller wants uh, to know, without having done a draft deep dive or analysis right now, uh, who's your first round pick choice and we won't hold you to it. So, um, I, I think for me, I'd focus more on the position. Um, mm-hmm. of course, so much can change in terms of draft order between now and January 10th. 
Um, I think for me, I'm trending more towards a corner in the first round um, because I think you can get a a starting caliber right tackle in the second round or third round, uh, which we've kind of seen throughout history. It sounds like this offensive line class is, is pretty good and pretty deep. And so, I think I'm spending my first round pick on a corner as of now. And then uh, I want to sign a pass rusher, whether that's an upgrade over Mosu or an upgrade over Kyler Fackrell. I think the team should invest some uh, free agency capital in a pass rusher. So I I think for me, it's corner or right tackle in the first round. But I think I'm leaning corner uh, as of right now. Yeah, I'm leaning corner as well. Specifically, Sauce Gardner, my guy in the draft. <laughs> uh, I I haven't watched tape yet on all the corners, but tentatively, CB1 uh, for next year. So he, he's kind of my guy. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to get him because I think he's going to be off the board and maybe they make a playoff run or something. Um, but yeah, uh, t- to me, he's like the best potential like CB1 in terms of his size and speed. Let's you probably move on from Michael Davis eventually. Uh, and and kind of would be a true quarterback one, which this team hasn't had in, uh, well, Casey Hayward when he was in his prime, but uh, I think it's kind of been rough the last few years. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I got to go with cornerback uh, is where I would lean if we're talking about positions. Um, I think you can make an argument, obviously, for right tackle or, or you know, defensive tackle, nose tackle, depending on, you know, who's there. Uh, a lot of people love Jordan Davis, wouldn't mind that at all uh, if he's there on the board for the Chargers, but yeah, to, to me, it's also just hard to say because if they're going to be in the 20s, then like it kind of depends on who's on the board because I might like the defensive tackle at 20 better than I like the offensive tackle or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, depending on the value. Yeah, at this point, I, I can't imagine how they don't go at least defense in the draft unless for some reason right tackle just becomes a disaster and free agency or, or maybe the second, third round picks just look awful. But that's not what it seems like it's going to happen. I don't know how you can't get a corner at this point. They knew in heading into last season that they had to absolutely focus on the offense and go overboard on the offensive line. At this point, knowing that Telesco has only really drafted one true corner in the last six seasons, which is insane, you have to go get a corner. I think, and I I think you have to. This defense can't go from you know again a very top-heavy good group to undrafted free agent and frankly terrible corners right now they just can't do that and and maybe you know in theory it's sort of a luxury if you have asante samuel jr and michael davis already but you see what happens when either of those guys are out one of those guys are out or all of them are out it's a disaster this defense right now is the reason bigger reason than anything that the Chargers are not going to make the postseason if they don't and it starts with a defensive back group that Tom Telesco has neglected. And I think they did such an overcorrection with the offensive line this past season that they know heading into this year they have to make that same overcorrection with the secondary. And I think that they will. Yeah, and there there definitely are some uh, avenues that they could explore in free agency. You know, they, they're going to have to replace Chris Harris. I can't imagine he's back at this point. I would be thoroughly upset if he is back at this point. Um, so they'll need a new starting slot corner, whether that comes through the draft or comes through uh position change for Asante Samuel Jr. or what is going to be an interesting, uh, you know, thing to watch out. I know Dane Brugler of The Athletic in his first mock draft uh, had the Chargers taking Kair Elam, the corner from Florida, in part because he does have that slot outside flexibility that the Chargers do like, and then you could kind of mix and match with him and Asante Samuel Jr. So I think. 
Um, all things are turning towards, you know, revamping the secondary at this point. I think they'll probably have to add another safety because we've seen that, you know, they, they need more bodies in the secondary. And I think that includes this, the safety position as well. Um, Lorenzo asking a good question. Who, uh, who do you think we will have the most growth out of the current rookie class going into next season? Um, well, if we're talking about like what their current role is on the team going into next year, I think it would probably be Trey McKitty. Um, I, I think if you're just saying like, okay, he's going to have a bigger role in the tight end room. Jared Cook's probably going to leave. We don't know. Donald Parm's up in the air. Um, so I think that would kind of force him into a role where he can get a lot of growth um, potentially. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. also, I mean, just because he's missed some games this year, unfortunately, with the concussions. Mm. So, you know, having more time on the field. Um, and Josh Palmer, very dependent on what they do with Mike Williams. Um, yeah. And, you know, that going forward. But I would say if we're just talking about kind of a growth out of what their current role is, probably McKitty. It depends on what they think of McKitty, I think, as, as a tight end, because you could go... Like he is, if Cook is gone, of the three tight ends that they potentially could have with Anderson, Parham, and McKitty, I still think he's their best pure in space, like power, whatever the hell they call it, moving route running tight end. I just don't know if Parham is really that yet. I just think he's a very, very good tool they use for their offense and a good blocker. I just don't know about him as, as a route runner. So if McKitty can do that and be what Jared Cook is, then sure. Well, maybe better than what Jared Cook is. Um, <laughs> it's not Rashawn Slater. He's already excellent. Um, I guess it has to be Asante Samuel Jr. Do I think he's just going to be like from a second round pick to like a all pro player kind of growth? No, but I think just being on the field, which is, you know, through enough, no fault of his own, these concussions are awful. You know, I think he can grow a little bit. And, and instead of being kind of a 50 50 player that he is sort of this year, where it's either pass breakup or kind of not, a, you know, not a great. A reception a lot against him. I think he can translate that to more, more pass breakups, more interceptions than that next year. So him potentially, and then yeah, Palmer. I mean, it depends on Mike Williams. If Williams is gone, it's almost obviously Palmer. I guess if abushi has gone, then it's obviously Hymas. But it, it depends on what they can all do. But we know that Samuel Jr. has a role. He is going to start, so I think he has the most room for growth. I, I would agree with that because you like. I mean, we don't know what McKitty's role is going to be. We don't know what Palmer's role is going to be. We don't know what Hymas's role is going to be. You know, Mark Webb's probably a backup again. So is Nick Neiman. Larry Roundtree might not be on the roster. So um, Chris Rump, a backup as well. So I think the answer kind of has to be Asante Samuel Jr. Because I think we, we've we seen in other instances, you know, these second, third round corners kind of take these big steps forward in, in their development, whether that's, you know, Jair Alexander or, or my guy Jalen Johnson this year or, you know, insert, you know, second round leap player here. But I think, you know, Sunday Samuel Jr. gets more comfortable with the NFL. He gets more comfortable in the scheme. Um, I think, you know, just could really have a, a highly, I, I don't think he's a CB1 by any means, but I think he could have a very, very good season next year. And obviously if they do add, you know, some cornerback help that will make things a little bit easier for him. So I think the answer right now has to be Asante Samuel Jr., but it could certainly change again, depending, you know, if Mike Williams doesn't come back, then the answer probably has to be Josh Palmer. 
Uh, we got a question. Is Arjun staying on in 2022? Uh, Michigan loses tonight. He's fired. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, I would love for Arjun to, to stick around, but I know that he's uh, doing some big things for Pro Football Focus right now. Uh, so really, that, that's up to him. As long as he wants to stick around, he can be around. He's a backup for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, we got a listener from Finland. Wow, very cool. Finland, yeah. Shout out to uh, all our international uh, listeners. I'm afraid to pronounce that name. Is it? Uh, I'm gonna guess Yuri Pavalainen. Probably wrong. Jairi Pavalainen. <laughs> Jairi. Um, it was only a matter of time until we got a Devontae Adams question today. Uh, This is going to be all the time through March until he's probably franchise tagged. I know. I've seen some articles regarding Devontae Adams wanting to go back to California and Chargers being a possible location. Would you sign Devontae Adams over Mike or Mike for less and target defensive players in free agency? Um, yeah, I would sign Devontae over Mike. Like if, if that option is available to me, then I would do it. Um, I guess, I guess it's just that I don't think Mike is going to go for that much less. Like, I, I think if Devontae is going to get like 25 million, then Mike's going to get 18 to 20. Like, you know, people balk at that price. I know anytime we talk about contracts, but he's a 6'5 receiver and, you know, he's got that kind of very high ceiling on his con- or very high uh, floor in his contract, in my opinion. So uh, I would sign Devontae over Mike, but there's also a very good continuity argument for keeping Mike Williams and, and keeping him sure. in the system as well. But I don't really think you're getting Mike Williams for substantially less to the point where you're going to be able to get other players for a period of time um, if they actually were to target Devontae Adams, which I don't think they will. I'm currently at the point where I want neither. Well, I want them, but I, I want neither Adams nor Williams next year at their price tags. I think that if you believe in Palmer and if you believe in Herbert and if you are smart in the draft, you can find someone maybe in the second or third rounds to be potentially that true deep threat i mean we saw i don't know how this class looks maybe this receiving class is terrible and i'll change my mind but you know we were going through the receiving depth on this you know from this past draft and you could get guys from an elijah Moore in the second who was amazing to an anthony schwartz later on to you know wherever you want to go or even hey a josh palmer in, in round three so i think that's the route i'd like to go and instead i'd rather take 18 to 25 million dollars and invest that in some true depth true quality depth that they just really haven't had Maybe that's special teams. I don't know. Maybe that's just some, you know, another Cordero Patterson, another Hassan Reddick from this past season who signed for what ten million dollars combined or whatever it is. I'd rather have four very quality depth pieces to make that postseason run than a Mike Williams or Devonte Adams, which sounds kind of gross. But I do think at this point the offense is kind of figuring itself out. I like the run game. The line is good. You still have Keenan Allen. In theory, Guyton and Palmer are a good trio. You could still find another deep threat. I think you make the offense work like that. We have two more possession guys, two more deep, speedy threat guys, and then of course you're you're you know running backs and tight ends. I was I'd rather go for depth because I think at this point Mike Williams doesn't make that big of a difference to me over true depth because I think when it comes right down to it, I mean, listen, can the offense get any better than first in the league in touchdown percentage this year? No, it, it, first again is great. 
but they have a negative point differential. I would rather take that money and spend it on quality defensive depth or a right tackle or something. I mean, like, of course I would rather have Devontae Adams than Mike Williams, right? Like, Mike yes. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league, and I don't think it's uh, – uh, Cooper Cup has made it pretty close. Cooper Cup has a legitimate argument now, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, you know, pro football focus uh, projects – uh, current contract, I think $24 million per year was the last number that I saw. Um, and Mike Williams, I would imagine probably at around 15, 16, maybe a little bit more, depending on who signs him. Um, so I, I've kind of said over the last few weeks that I think Mike Williams gets a franchise tag and then they kind of reevaluate the position after that, uh, potentially adding another one in the draft and you know, kind of seeing what you have in Josh Palmer. I think from a roster standpoint, it's it's asking a lot of Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and a rookie potentially to uh, really kind of carry the right the wide receiver position. I think he, so. That's kind of my thinking with Mike Williams. And the other thing is that if he hits free agency and they don't franchise tag him, he's gone because you know a team like Jacksonville or a team like you know one of those bad teams that truly needs a wide receiver one would talk themselves into somebody like Mike Williams and throw him, you know, 19, $20 million per year and make him extremely overpaid and uh, kind of be this year's version of Hunter Henry. So I think if Mike Williams hits free agency, he's, he's as good as gone. Um, so I think he gets the franchise tag. I think Devonte Adams could get the franchise tag in green Bay because the way things are trending right now in green Bay, like I think Aaron's back next year. I mean, they're, Super Bowl favorites right now, or at least favorites from the FC to get to the Super Bowl. So if they do get to the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl, I can't imagine that they let Devontae and Aaron both walk away. Like I think with the way things are trending for their team, I think Devontae and Aaron are back for at least one more season. But, you know, I guess we'll have to see there, um, you know, in a few weeks from now. Yeah, like someone said, Drew said in the chat, if you're going to pay a big wide receiver, you might as well pay Devontae. And that's how I feel. If, if I'm going to pay Mike Williams 18, I might as well pay Devontae 25 because that's just, there's a different level of that. So yeah. I'd rather go for that. And the, the cap is also going up like $30 million. <laughs> Plus, you know, the Chargers can get more by cutting Belaga and doing all that stuff. So I definitely think there's an argument to like just building it so there's more depth. But it's also like, well, you have twenty-five million that you could spend on Devontae Adams, or you could have twenty-five million for the mystery box, uh, and just assume that they <laughs> hit on the draft and all those other things. Like, I kind of like Devontae Adams better than that, but we'll see um, how it plays out. I, I, I don't think that he's actually going to leave. Probably. Yeah. Um, so, have a question from Envy Talent. I, I totally forgot about your question last night, so I apologize for that. Um, he wants to know uh, about Coupon Tom Telesco getting another season. Uh, do you guys want him to come back? So uh, Tom Telesco did sign a contract extension, I believe, after the 2018 season. Um, so I think 2021 is actually his last year on his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he'll be back for next year, in my opinion. I, I don't think it's really kind of a question if we want him to come back. Uh, like we've said before, I think we have some certified criticisms of Tom Telesco, but um, I, I think people put a little too much stock into a general manager's role at this point. It's all very collaborative, <laughs> collaborative, excuse me. Um, and I mean, he got Justin Herbert, he got Rashawn Slater, he got Asante Samuel Jr. So 
I think the Herbert selection and I think the Brandon Staley decision to hire uh, him as head coach, I think kind of prolonged Tom Telesco's tenure with the Chargers. Brandon has said a few times that uh, he specifically wanted to partner up with Tom Telesco, and that was part of the reason why he chose the Chargers. Um, so I don't think Tom Telesco is going anywhere anytime soon, personally. No, I mean, there's no chance he's fired after this season. I mean, if the, if they were to underperform next season and they're like, Five and twelve for whatever reason. Not that I'm saying that's going to happen, but in some disaster scenario, then like, yeah, I mean, I could theoretically see it. Um, but like, also, are we still calling him Coupon Tom? Didn't he give Joey Bosa <laughs> like the, the net worth of a small island, and he gave Keenan Allen made him the highest paid receiver too? Like, <laughs> I, I get Corey that Lindsay. people are, I get that people are thrilled with him, but Tom Telesco's problem isn't that he's not spending money; it's that he's not hitting on later round draft picks. <laughs> like that, that's that's the issue that we talk about yeah. on the show. It's not that him or Spanos are cheap and won't spend money. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think my my opinion was that after Anthony Lynn was fired, he probably should have gone too uh, in a sort of clean yes. house scenario. That is what I do believe. But he took Justin Herbert, and so he's here kind of connected to Brandon Staley. Um, if Brandon Staley falters, then I think Tom Telesco will be gone. If Tom Telesco falters, I think it's debatable as to whether Brandon Staley will, uh, would be gone. But um, yeah, I mean, generally the Chargers do kind of tend to fully clean house, uh, you know, whenever they are firing a GM. So I, I think that Tom Telesco is here to stay. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to separate what we think is going to happen versus what we, you know, want to happen. If we want Tom Telesco gone at the end of this year or next year, that's one thing. But I don't think he's going anywhere. He'll be here for as long as Brandon Staley is here, potentially even with a bad season next year. Because if they go five and twelve, that means Justin Herbert probably tore his ACL at some point. I can't imagine this team. And you know, fortunately, unfortunately, the Chargers will never be a really bad team as long as they have Justin Herbert. Honestly, I think they can always get to like seven eight wins which isn't great i don't think they'll ever have a catastrophic two and 15 season as long as herbert's healthy so as long as that happens as long as herbert continues to be an mvp candidate and improve this year you know i think telesco is sticking around and overall the defense is a disaster this year but the offense has taken a big step forward just in year one they look a lot better than last year the offensive line is fixed you'd argue that heading into next year the special teams will actually be kind of okay or good the way they're trending right now it actually looks pretty solid for them if they keep robertson hopkins so i think if you have the right coaching hire you made the you know the the quarterback pick the quarterback looks better the offense looks good the line looks good special teams got better this year you know they're not gonna let him go anytime soon so we're, we're stuck yeah. with him for better or worse and and as kevin says in the chat they made Lindsay the number one pin center too i for, forgot about that one for a second because that just happened but um yeah, I will predict that Tom Telesco's uh, GM tenure outlasts Larry Roundtree's Chargers tenure. <laughs> they should live and die together, though, I think. <laughs> they, they're going to live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's too funny. Um, all right, we got a uh, time for a couple more questions here, uh, and then I've got to uh, head out for the day. So a couple more questions, and then you know we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Thank you to Augustine uh, for uh, giving us a super chat and happy new year to everyone too. Uh, question from JD number three. What do you think happens or what do you think we should do with the edge position next year? So I think, like I said, I'm spending money on 
an upgrade at the pass rusher position. I think Uchenna and Wilson could certainly come back. I think these last two weeks are very important for him. Uh, I was going to mention him as the X factor of the week last night, but my mind kind of blanked. And so I went with Trey McKitty again. Um, but he hasn't ha- exactly had a ton of success against Colton Miller and Garrett Bowles, who he will uh, primarily be rushing against these next two weeks. So these are um, two big games for Jenna and Wosu, who prior to last week really seemed like he was really hitting his stride in the defense. And then last week, for whatever reason, uh, just did not play very well along with the rest of the defense. And so um, these are a couple big games for Unwosu and how I feel about where they should upgrade. Because if he plays poorly these two weeks, plays poorly in a playoff game potentially, then I'm I'm upgrading over Unwosu. He could come back if he wants to, but I'm definitely getting a true number two edge rusher. But if he does play well over these next two weeks, potentially three, then I think you could potentially you know talk yourself into getting an upgrade over Kyler Fack role instead of upgrading over Uchenna Unwosu. Um, but I'm definitely spending that money there. I'm not super interested in drafting in another edge rusher because you still have Chris Rumpf, who you just drafted last year. And so I, I think you need a true impact pass rusher next year to help Joey Bosa and Uchenna and Wosu. So I think that's where I'm leaning with the edge position right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think you go through free agency. I mean, there's tons of guys that they can go after. Um, I mean, you have Von Miller potentially as an option. Uh, you sure. have, uh, I mean, really a lot of it. Oh, Hassan Reddick, who was Tyler's free agent crush this year. Uh, I mean, he'll be available next year and they have the money to pay somebody like him, um, yeah. even on a short term or a longer term deal. Uh, so, I, yeah, I definitely think you go through free agency for that one. Um, I mean, the Chargers are going to be around the 20s in draft position. So to me, I, we haven't really started scouting, but I mean, the two top impact edge guys are at the top of the draft. I mean, in Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, so, I mean, could they get a dude around 20? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that we were sort of more leaning towards the corner or tackle anyway. And I think that edge is a really valuable position that you should spend some free agent capital on. Yeah, I, it's so, most of doing so well, or was doing so well, I'd hate to be like, oh, okay, well, time to move on from him. But man, there's just a difference. I'm not saying he's Sam Tevy, but like we thought, okay, you know, Sam Tevy, like he played all right last year. He had some good moments. We're like, okay, you know, he's not bad. But then you watch what an actual left tackle looks like in Rashawn Slater. And it's like, well, why did we ever do that thing before? You know, so with Tendon Bosu, he's nowhere as, as as bad as Sam Tevy, but you see like a Hassan Reddick who will have, you know, 15 sacks, 60 something pressures this year, you know, and, and second or whatever it is in the NFL and run stops. Like, yeah. that's what I want the Chargers to go for. So I'm in favor of them spending money in free agency on a guy like Hassan Reddick. Yeah, absolutely. And Lorenzo points out the edge is seemingly deep in in the draft as well. And and if they need a true number one and they want to spend money elsewhere, then like I'm not going to be opposed to a first round edge rusher pick. Um, I just doubt that like that a true number one is there for them in the 20s because this does seem like a defensive heavy draft. And sure, you could, you know, talk into like uh, Jay Sanders from Cincinnati or or Drake, Drake Jackson from USC. Um, but I'm just more interested in getting a true impact rusher now. And I think that happens in free agency. Um, Jadavion Clowney is also free agent. I think that would be a fantastic signing. I know he's a little, uh, people don't like him very much, but I mean, he's still incredibly disruptive. I think he's had a fantastic year. 
uh, in Cleveland. So I just want a true number two opposite of, of Joey, whether that comes through a committee approach with multiple guys or most stepping up or signing a free agent. They need better production from the pass rush, which helps the secondary, which helps the whole defense. So, you know, I, I think we saw last week <laughs> what happens when you can't rush the quarterback. Uh, you like guys like Davis Mills kind of slice and dice you. So uh, DBC SD points out Emmanuel Ogba, also a free agent. Um you know, but I don't know if he'll uh, actually hit free agency down there in Miami. Right. And I think it's also a thing where it's not just so much they need like one top guy next to Joey Bosa. I think they also kind of need some depth. Like, I mean, Chris, sure. Rump, we're hoping kind of grows into that role. I haven't seen a lot from him outside of the Bengals game. And then you have Kyler Fackrell, who was playing OK. And then he had the knee surgery and apparently he's coming back now. Uh, so we'll see what they kind of have from him in these last two games. But they don't really have a lot behind Joey Bosa and Uchenna and Wosu to a degree right now. So I think that will also be a point of emphasis and Staley will kind of want his own guys in the most valuable defensive position. I would assume anyway. Yeah. So um, a couple of people commenting about the first round pick in, in terms of interior defensive line as well. I mean, if Jordan Davis is there, I think you probably have to, but I think you can get, productive defensive lineman in free agency too. Like that's another option, whether that's, you know, Akeem Hicks or bringing back Linval Joseph, Justin Jones, you know, uh, Robert Mays pointed out Sebastian Joseph Day is a free agent mm-hmm. from the Rams. I, I think free agency is where I'm, I'm revamping the defensive line. I think you need true impact players now, as opposed to, you know, drafting people and, you know, hoping that they can be impact players next year. Like, Jordan Davis is, uh, you know, a fantastic player, you know, from what I've seen and heard, but he also barely plays, you know, half the game at this point because he's exclusively a run stopper. So that's kind of a concern in terms of investing a first round pick who is going to be on a player who can't play, you know, 65, 70% of the snaps because he's a nose tackle and all he does is stop the run. So I think there's value in that, right? Especially on this team, but it's not really a guy I'm investing a first round pick on if I know that he is not going to be an every down player. Gotta get Akeem Hicks, Jordan Davis, Justin Jones. Let him let him just cook on the inside. That's that's <laughs> what they gotta do this year. Also, please bring Justin Jones back, otherwise my heart will be broken. <laughs> Definitely. So um appreciate all you guys tuning in. Uh that's gonna do it for us today. Like I said, I've got to head out. So um, can't thank you guys enough for all the support this year. It's been a big year for us and, uh, really excited to see where, uh, 2022 takes us, which is super weird. I still feel like we're stuck in 2020 a little bit. Um, but you know, I hope everyone has a good new year, good weekend. And, uh, hopefully we are talking to you guys on Sunday after a chargers win. So Alex, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out today? Just happy new year. And thank you everybody for uh, helping us out this year. Happy New Year and uh, see you guys next year. That joke. Uh, so, yeah, see you guys in 2022. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on Sunday.